1A has a great question on vitamins. Thank you for that. If you guys got questions for Doc, go ahead and put them in the comments. Um, let's let's jump into a couple questions if you're ready. Sure. Let's do it. Um, okay, this was a, a, a question that um, it, that honestly I, I don't know much about at all, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that you do. Um, this was uh, around the thyroid, it seems. Um, please explain removal of a parathyroid gland br- briefly. If your body needs the PHT that the parathyroid Roid glands produce, how do you function without it? It goes on to say, or is that usually only one of the fours removed? If all were, if all were removed, would you then need some type of medication? So this is a thyroid question in regards to someone having to remove the their thyroid. Yeah, it's a parathyroid question. Um, it's if your body needs the PTH, not PHT, but parathyroid hormone. And <clears throat> what that hormone does is regulate calcium metabolism. So usually when you have to take a parathyroid gland out, and I've assisted on many of these, both my dad and my brother did a lot of parathyroid surgeries. Um, You have one that sits on top of each corner of the thyroid. So you have four of them. And the reason you usually take one out is because of a parathyroid adenoma. And that is a tumor, usually benign tumor, um, of the of one of the parathyroid glands that means they put out too much of the hormone and your calcium level gets really high and which can cause all kinds of problems so you need to get it out if that calcium level is over i think 11 and a half um, it can cause all kinds of arrhythmias maybe potential cancer in the future so they need to come out but and they're really tiny they're about the size of a pea and so when you go in there and remove one, usually you're just ta- having to take one out. So you have three and they should function fine. You know, if you, so for some reason had to, you took them all out, um, say you had to take a complete thyroid out and you didn't leave a, at least one of the parathyroid glands, then you're going to really have to take some medication the rest of your life. Mm. Um, but usually when I've seen the whole thyroid gland removed, they they tuck one of the parathyroid glands into some other tissue. So it's a pretty neat operation. It's almost like microscopic, but um, that's a really good question uh, because the parathyroid hormone is really important with uh, calcium metabolism. But uh, yeah, it's usually one, it's a parathyroid adenoma and it's not that uncommon. So great question. Hope did, that explained it. Did you mention uh, a medication you might need if this happens? Uh, well, I mean, you won't need it because you have three other ones. Okay. But if for some reason they messed up and didn't save one of them, if they had to take your whole thyroid gland out and they, you know, mistakenly couldn't find them or whatever, then you'd, you'd have to take a calcitonin agonist mm. uh, the rest of your life. So, and watch the calcium levels really closely. Uh, I love that question. That's a, that's a different one. Thank you so much for Great sending question. that. Yeah, Great for sending question. that in. I, you know, now you you corrected me when I said thyroid versus parathyroid. What is the the difference there? That well, it said PHT. It's PTH, parathyroid hormone. Got that's, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, super interesting. I, I I love hearing you talk about thyroid because so if you have a if you have an elevated calcium level on your blood work, don't ignore it. Mm. Um, and then if you have that, then you need a parathyroid hormone level checked, blood level checked. So really interesting glandular uh, question. That's really good. That's super fascinating. Uh, thank you for sending that in over email. I know that, uh, like the thyroid, we always feel like, you know, it's just under, under treated under, like there's not a lot of people talking, uh, enough about it. So thank you for sending that in. I'm going to put this up from, uh, Dr. Greenfield here. Thank you, Dr. Greenfield for hanging out with us tonight on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I guess <laughs> this is, is this my, is this my look? Is it Linus or pick <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think one of those, I think Tyler's right with that. Um, <laughs> 
Tyler would know a lot about the parathyroid hormones as well. But, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I hope you're doing well, Tyler. Thank you for hanging out with us over there on LinkedIn. Uh, all right, let's get to the next question. Um, let's see here. This is a question that was on Instagram. Do I take estrogen before menopause, meaning while I'm still having a period? Uh, we've been putting out a bunch of content on uh, the importance of estrogen um, in both men and women. Uh, recently, um, what's your, what's your take on this? And then I'll kind of combine it with this question. Uh, why are providers so against bioidentical hormones? Let's start with the estrogen. Well, yeah, I mean, usually before you hit menopause, your estrogen level is still functioning. In other words, if you're still having periods, your estrogen level is probably okay, but you probably are going to need progesterone and maybe testosterone, maybe DHEA. But, you know, that's the tough thing about being a female in the, in the uh, latter part of your 40s when you're, you're still having menstrual cycles, but they're spacing out and you're having symptoms already. You may be having hot flashes, night sweats, because they drop off at different rates. You have four hormones that cycle. And usually what happens is if you're still having periods, you're still putting out estrogen. So most likely you won't need estrogen. You'll need progesterone. As a matter of fact, you're probably estrogen dominant because when you lose the progesterone first, which you usually do, um, your estrogen level goes up because those two kind of balance each other out. And that's why early use of natural progesterone, which leads into the next question, um, is very helpful for that. Because when you get estrogen dominant before your periods end, then that leads to problems like um, hyperplasia of the uterus, of the uterine lining, and therefore fibroids. Um, also, fibrocystic uh, breast through over-estrogenization of the breast tissue. So that's when a lot of women start having problems. That's why you have to check the levels. Um, so you need to check the levels. I mean, the proof's in the pudding there. So when we get levels, we'll know exactly how much estrogen you have. And sometimes we even look at the different types of estrogen, you know, estradiol, estriol, and um, estrone, which is the one you don't want. Estrone is the one you see more associated with menopause that is associated with more problems. So check the levels. You're probably estrogen dominant, but you probably need the others. While And then when your periods stop, your estrogen level bottoms out, you'll need all of them. Um, but I hope that explains it. Get the levels checked and, um, see where they are. And that leads into the question, why are providers so against bioidentical hormones? Well, providers that know about bioidentical hormones are not against them. They're all for them. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about, um, hormones in general. And I mean, like as a doctor, if I don't know something about something, I'm not going to use it. You should never prescribe a medication you're not thoroughly familiar with. You know, send them to somebody who does a lot of it. But um, a lot of them got kind of misinformed years ago when the Women's Health Initiative came out um, when they claimed that hormone replacement caused increased evidence of breast cancer. You know, I've gone over this a million times with my patients, but... Um, it was so misleading because, um, for one thing, the average patient, it wasn't even a, a hormone study. It was a, it was a cardiac study. And if you look at the details of the study, the average woman was 17 years postmenopausal. Um, and they were using synthetic hormones, Primarin and Primpro. The Primarin comes from pregnant horse urine estrogens, mostly Estrone, the bad one. And the, Progestin was it was it was a synthetic progestin, which is totally different from it was medroxy progesterone, which is totally different from a natural progesterone. You know, I would never use a medroxy progesterone. But anyway, it, it was misleading because there were really two arms of the study. The first arm was when they just used estrogen. As a matter of fact, it was even horse urine estrogen, primer. In that arm of the study, there was less breast cancer than people that didn't take anything. So it's actually protective. If you can believe that, it's true. But when they took the 
the Prim Pro, which had the medroxy progesterone in it, then the incidence of breast cancer went from four women per thousand to five women per thousand. Mm. And they called it a 25% increase in breast cancer with hormones. I mean, that was a ridiculous, erring, terrible tragedy for women in this country because doctors were afraid to use it, afraid to get sued. It may cause breast cancer. No. And plus, they don't know about bioidentical hormones because they don't learn about them. You know, they're not made by big pharma. You have to get them compounded. So you know, there's no money in it for pharmaceutical companies. So they tend to poo-poo them because there's no money in it and they don't know anything about them. So, you know, when you go to an expert that does a lot of it and has done the research, you know, used it on thousands of women, then you'll you'll know the truth. If, if you're wondering about it, go read the book by Dr. Pam Smith, all about women's hormones. You know, we know Pam, she comes to all our meetings. To me, she's a guru of women's hormone replacement. So you're doing yourself, after you read her book, you'll be afraid not to take them. But um, so there's a, there's a big, you know, misinformation about them. And it's really kind of coming to light because it's coming to a lot more in favor. And certainly, uh, you know, I have a lot of providers that send me the patients because they're not informed and you really shouldn't do anything you're not informed about. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a two second uh, answer to that. So, but great question. It, it kind of goes back to, I, I believe you and Dr. Lucas talked about this. Um, there's no drug reps going into offices and detailing doctors on bioidentical hormones. Um, you know, and you've mentioned before how, you know, a lot of doctors, that's how they get, that's how they stay up to date on things is, is, is through, um, drug reps, which is really, um, interesting and, and, and kind of unfortunate in ways. Um, but, but yeah, such a, it's a great question and and one that, you know, I will continue to talk about because, um, people need to, to know this. And, uh, uh, so I appreciate the answer there and, uh, I really appreciate that question. And there's certain people we wouldn't use hormones on. Yeah. Like if you had active breast cancer or had a history of estrogen, progesterone, sensitive breast cancer, um, you know, you don't want to get on um, either one of them, although you can take testosterone, but you have to work, watch for aromatization to, to estradiol. So, you know, there's a lot to it, but um, it's just really interesting. And we, we kind of like diving into it, but um, do your own research. Uh, I see Molly's here. Molly, what's going on? Great to see you. Elena, you're here. Thank you so much for hanging out. Terry, great question there. Uh, can't wait to get to that one. Uh, Gator Hater, I got your question. Love it. Um, we got a couple more here, uh, and then we're going to get to the live comments. So if you guys got a question for Doc, go ahead and put it in the comments. We're going to get to it in just a minute or two. Um, and this could be, you know, and, and uh, Katie, uh, you're with us live tonight. If if, if we're wrong here, let, let us know. Um, Quite, this came on Instagram, and I, I really appreciated it. It's a, uh, you know, because uh, I don't know if we have any patients from Canada. Uh, the question is, do you guys take patients from Canada? Um, what's kind of what, what's your thoughts? I know there's you know there's limitations, uh, you know, anytime you you go outside the the country or state. Uh, what's your thoughts on on a question like you this? You know, really, that's nobody's ever asked me that question. But yeah. um, you know, with the advent of telemedicine, I don't see why not. I mean, I sure would. You know, I don't. You know, this is your body, your decisions, and you know, you you can't let any government tell you what to do with your health. You know, you see you see what happened when they did. But um, so sure, you know, I don't mind doing telemedicine uh, consult from anybody all over the world if they you know. Actually, we did one from Belgium one time, didn't we? You referred we, me somebody from Belgium, and I think we did. We've done a few. I mean, but I, I you know, it's just advice, you know. And um, Canada's, you know, that's a it's a great country, and it's just odd the way they do their health care there. Um, you know, in ways maybe better than we do, and yep. ways a lot worse. But because availability is tough, I think, but. We tell people to send up for their medicines or the medicines are a lot cheaper up there for some reason. So, um, you know, that's another hour long lecture on why, <laughs> but, uh, 
You know, there's not a lot of transparency with drug prices in this country for sure. So the Canadians sure, sure do a better job of that than we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. Just, just call and get on. We'll do telemedicine with you. And if you ever want to fly down to, to Tennessee, come down and visit us. We love Canada. <laughs> I love Except that. Except for those wildfires. The wildfires yeah. are terrible up there right now. Yeah. I saw a picture of what city was it? Well, I saw the Mackinac Island bridge. You couldn't even see it. Mm. And it's getting into Chicago and some of the Midwestern towns. Just unbelievable from those forest fires. Uh, man, prayers out to, to anyone affected with that. Um, you know, but it is, it is that that happens more often, uh, than you think. Um, so shout out to the Canadians. Uh, if we have any Canadian listeners with us tonight, uh, great question. I, you know, it's, it's one we haven't gotten before. So, uh, thank you for sending that in on Facebook. Um, okay. I, I think that does it for the questions who came in over email or through direct message on one of the, uh, social platforms. Uh, I also have my eye on my email. So if anybody, you know, if, if I miss somebody, somebody's question through email, you can, uh, resend it and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll catch it. Um, but we're taking questions live in the comments now. Uh, and I see meditation universe just came up with a question. I love that. Thank you. Um, we're going to go, uh, let's see where we are here. Uh, uh, where am I at? Let's go to WC1A, uh, over on YouTube. Um, please help me sort my vitamins into morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, I take 36 different vitamins, minerals, herbs, amino acids, I don't know what to take with what and when. Is there a way to do this? Uh, this is actually a, a, a common question. Um, the when and with food or not with food. Um, any, you know, of course, we don't know the 36 that they're taking. Um, kind of how are you grouping yours? I know your your vitamin count is probably up there in that range. So Yeah, you know, I really like um, to spread them out for sure. Um in general, fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, you want to take with a fatty meal. Uh, most vitamins you usually do better when you take them with a meal. Now, you can take some of the water-soluble ones without meal, like the B and Cs, if you want. But I like to space them out um, in general. Um, like, for example, when you take zinc, you better have something on your stomach or make yeah. you nauseated. You need to take your magnesium, which is okay to take on an empty stomach at night. Um, and some of the, the ones you take for energy, uh, for example, B-complex, CoQ10, PQQ, you probably want to take them in the morning and they, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, I generally like the omega-3s taken with food. I really like to spread them out. And sometimes you can kind of create your own little routine. Um, you know, one reason I formulated my own vitamin, multivitamin, was to really get a loaded vitamin with a bunch of stuff in it so you wouldn't have to. I was finding myself, you know, every day sorting them out and taking them in the fishing tackle box. But um, so, you know, my multivitamin has a bunch of stuff in in the right doses. Usually a multivitamin doesn't have enough in it. You know, like, for example, there there is, there it is, put it up there, but it has enough of a bunch of stuff. Like, I've got 5,000 of D with K, MK7, you know, enough vitamin C, vitamin A, um, the gamma form of uh, E. Um, you know, it, um, it just has a bunch of the right kind of doses. So that's really cut down on the amount that I have to take. But I do take a lot of vitamins. You know, anybody 68 years old probably needs a bunch, especially if, you, you know, you, you're active and you want to stay healthy. Um, but in general, that's, that's kind of, I hope that helps you a little bit. You know, I have to see all the different ones, but um, I'm really glad you're on all those vitamins. You obviously do the research and look at them, but don't get too obsessed with it. Just if they don't upset your stomach and you get them in or you can combine them fine. But I spread them out three different times and I take my magnesium at night. This is the way I do it. 
and the other thing I know you've you've mentioned quite a bit is taking them six out of the seven days. So taking a one day break, or you know, if you're going to take them seven days a week, you know, when you go on vacation, take that week off, um, something yeah. like that, um, as a way of kind of building in that. Uh, uh, we do that so that you don't get too tolerant to them. Am, am I right on that? Yeah, I just think they work better if you give them a one day a week break. Yeah. Uh, WC1A, I hope that helps. Uh, thank you for. Uh, for putting that in there and we might um, you know that it kind of kind of gets my wheels turning we need to to either put out an, an article or something that dives a little bit deeper if that's something you guys would benefit from let us know in the comments um, we get that question a lot in the office yeah, yeah. So. Um, this is from Terry is colostrum safe to take as a supplement yeah I love colostrum um, you know, the one I used was organic beef colostrum. Um, so I don't take it regularly now because my gut kind of got straightened out. You know, when I had the second episode of mild COVID, it really got to my gut. And that's one of the things that I credit with really uh, helping get my gut microbiome back to normal. So it really does have a lot of beneficial uh, ingredients in it. Um, you know, but yeah, I love colostrum. And can you tell us what is colostrum? <laughs> colostrum, colostrum is almost, you think about the, the pre breast milk in a way. Okay. Um, you know, the stuff that babies will get, uh, from the breast before the milk starts, uh, pumping out real good. Okay. So it has all these nutritional benefits for immunity mm. and, um, kind of, is beneficial to your gut microbiome. Um, so it's a great little thing to take, especially if you have gut problems. And a lot of people do. Super interesting. So if you have IBS or things like that, of course, I love Digest Shield. I've put probably 10 people on that today because it's has everything in it. But colostrum's one that it doesn't. So um, if you're still struggling, get some colostrum, especially if you have immune problems and that type of thing. Uh, thank um, you for putting that uh, question in there, Terry. I, I'm not sure we've gotten a question on uh, colostrum. And uh, as you can see, I didn't know much about it. So thank you for kind of uh, teeing us up there uh, for that conversation. Uh, Gator hater for life. Uh, let's see here. I believe uh, they are from Louisiana. If, if so, uh, congrats to the LSU Tigers on the uh, World Series, the College Baseball World Series uh, win last night. Uh, they actually beat the Gators. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I bet you're having a good day. Yeah. Good week. Uh, okay, doctor, I've got a dear friend who's unfortunately dealing with Guillain Bear syndrome, Guillain Bar? Guillain Barre. Guillain Barre syndrome and been paralyzed from the waist down for three months now. Oh. Uh, last nerve test has his doctor saying 20 to 24 heal time with about 80% recovery. So I'm guessing that's 20 to 24 months. Uh, maybe, uh, any suggestions that could help the recovery, uh, very active before this happened. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's a tough one. A lot of times, uh, Guillain-Barre will follow a viral illness, even sometimes a vaccine. You know, I've seen that several times. Um, it's like a progressive uh, motor paralysis that, I mean, I've seen it get so bad that they had to be intubated because they couldn't breathe on their own. Mm. But um, a lot of times they, they don't know the cause. But one thing I would do, I'm sure they're looking at this, is um, look at all your, I'd do something like a Cleveland panel where you, you could look at all the, the, the vitamin levels and hormone levels. I'd want everything optimized. You know, hopefully you're able to, your friend's able to have a good nutritional pattern. Um, I certainly make sure my gut microbiome was, was good. And I bet it's off. Um, so something like that, um, you know, I would say over anything, nutritional status, and I'd certainly look at the hormones as well. Mm. Um, I mean, you could try a few off the wall things that may help as well. You know, I always like vitamin B6 for any kind of neuropathy. Um, but, um, 
I'd really look closely at a vitamin panel and inflammatory markers. And, you know, there'd be some, some off the wall things you could do like quercetin, um, you know, and usually it clears up, but sometimes it takes months. Uh, so I hope that helps. Um, look outside the box a little bit. Um, you know, that's something I would, you know, in the right circumstances, maybe even use methylene blue mm. on. Uh, man, we're going to be thinking about your friend. Um, I, I, I hope, I hope they recover, uh, quicker or, you know, 80% sounds, you know, positive. So, uh, so thank you for putting that question. I hope that helps them. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go to, uh, uh, real quick over to Lisa here. I, Lisa shares the broadcast. Thank you so much. Um, cause it has to do with this last question. How much vitamin uh, B6 for neuropathy? Uh, I wouldn't go over a hundred milligrams. Okay. Cause interestingly enough, if you go over a hundred milligrams, it'll make your neuropathy come back. You know, it's one of those things you got to kind of titrate pretty good. So, you know, I would get between 50 and a hundred milligrams of, uh, B6. Pyridoxol. Thank you for that, Lisa. Oh, is that 100 daily? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. 100 daily, Lisa. Thank you so much for that question. I'm going to get to, to Carol over here on Facebook. Uh, coming off of a stomach virus, what is the best way to get back on your vitamins? This is a great question. Um, you know, because, you know, it's just a, a, a common thing. So what's your what's your thoughts on this? Um. That's one reason I tell patients always have some activated charcoal in your house because that's a great thing to, to take uh, when you start to get a stomach virus because it absorbs. You know, that's what we'll pump somebody's stomach with when they come in with an overdose in the ER. I've seen that done many times. Um, but so keep some of that around. And when you, so I'd, I'd still be on it. If you're coming off a stomach virus, I would, I would still be taking it. Um, as a matter of fact, I have one, um, it's called a GI detox. I have that at my house in addition to, um, uh, some activated charcoal and that has activated charcoal in it along with a couple other herbs, I'm trying to think of the name of the other herbs. I'll think of it. I'll, I'll maybe even show it to you, but, um, get on that one for sure. And then slowly get back on your vitamins. Um, you know, things like zinc and things and other, yeah. you know, you gotta be careful with taking them. They can make your stomach worse. So go along with a soft diet and then slowly progress it up. Get on something like a brat diet. Um, and then, but when you remember when you take activated charcoal or even the GI detox, um, make sure that, you don't take any other vitamins or medicines or minerals within an hour on each side of when you take that because it'll kind of delay the absorption of that. So you won't get the benefits. So go slowly. Think about activated charcoal. And um, I'll try to get Jenny to bring that my old GI detox pill up, which is also great for, you know, maybe metal detoxification if you think you have mold or metals you have a problem with that it's a good little gut pill to take um and i always like the infrared sauna I, I like you to sweat things out as well and drink a lot of water you know you've, you've talked a lot about um you know kind of a, a few things to have at the house um for scenarios similar to this and i know uh activated charcoal was one i didn't know that about the gi detox so is that something that you would add uh, just as something to have in the house? Um, no, I would have the activated charcoal. Before. I would have the GI detox just to take if you have gut problems. I got it when I was having those gut problems from post-COVID. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, no, have the activated charcoal around for emergencies. And travel with it, especially if you're going to a foreign country like Mexico. You better have some of that around. You know, I, I, uh, Carol, I'm, I'm really glad you asked this because it's that, like – Questions like these are exactly kind of the, you know, the purpose behind this show. And, and one of the things that, 
you know, I've, it's, it's, I've been so lucky to get to, you know, whenever I have something like this come up, I get to just call you and ask, you know, what do I do with this? And, you know, I want that for everyone in here. Um, so, so these questions are so good and, and, uh, and doc, thank you for sharing that with, with Carol. And, and I, I, I know that's going to help, uh, more than just Carol tonight. So, uh, thank you for putting that question in there. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get the GI detox here in just a second. I'm going to put this up from one step forward. Thank you. Great podcast today. Uh, we appreciate you watching, uh, or, or listening, whatever your preferred, uh, uh, medium is. Uh, let's get to Elena here uh, over on YouTube. Uh, what can cause a swollen thyroid? Can you can you That's feel a, a swollen question. thyroid? Is that yeah, different uh -huh. from like a, a swollen lymph node? Yeah, mm -hmm. totally two totally different things. You know, your thyroid is located along the bottom of your throat. It's actually a fairly large mm -hmm. gland. It's spread out, but certainly thyroiditis. You can have an acute thyroiditis, an inflammation. Your thyroid can get really inflamed. It's usually a virally mediated thing. Um, usually the most common one is Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And then there's another one called Graves disease, but they're both autoimmune diseases that um, inflame your thyroid gland and cause all kinds of problems. Sometimes you can feel it. It'll be tender. Um, and, you know, you can have nodules. Um and then it can just totally wipe out your thyroid function. That's the most common cause of hypothyroidism, mm. which is a lot more common than hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease. But um, certainly, um, you know, even even lack of iodine or too much iodine could change the size of your thyroid gland. Um, so, and a lot of times you can just look at somebody and you want to tell them your thyroid's enlarged. You better get that checked out with some blood tests. And usually I'll scan it with an ultrasound to, to see if um, you have a multinodular goiter. Um, you know, back, back in the 30s and 40s, you know, back in the goiter belt, which we live in, yep. you, know, you had these huge thyroids. Um, basically because of lack of iodine um you know so it's really interesting you don't you don't see that so much anymore yeah because they put iodine and salt and foods and things we're seeing a little bit of a recurrence because they're taking a lot of the iodine out of salt you know you you get salt without iodine now and uh but that's the reason they put iodine in salt you know when those, those gorges were popping up yeah, that that is interesting, actually, uh, and I think uh, Elena, we if you if you're if you go on our website or or our YouTube channel, if you search for uh, thyroid or um, Hashimoto's, I think we talked a, a little. I know we talked about the goiters thing, um, but but definitely there's a couple more resources you can uh, tap into uh, around that. Um, anything you want to add before we go to the next question? Well, even, you know, even pregnancy, hormone, other hormonal changes can cause uh, a thyroid problem. Mm. You know, your thyroid is very interrelated with insulin resistance and also the adrenal hormones like cortisol. Uh, they interplay a lot. So if one of them's off, the other one's going to be off. So it can cause, when your thyroid gets big, it's just trying to work harder. You know, it's trying to put put out more of your thyroid hormones. So you could have a goiter with totally normal thyroid function test. Interesting. Um, and you can shrink it down by using um, thyroid medication, even with normal thyroid test. That's fascinating. The, the thyroid is so fascinating and there's so many like layers to it. Uh, is yeah. And if you're my brother or probably dad, you know, you want to get that thyroid taken out. They love to, they love to operate on <laughs> Preserving the parathyroid glands. Uh, Elena, thank um, you so much for, for that question there. Um, okay, let's get to uh, Meditation Universe's question on YouTube. And we have a couple people that just came in. Welcome to the Performance Medicine Show. If you're uh, if you're new here, if you have a question for Doc, we're answering and, live questions here. And one last thing on the th enlarged thyroid. You have to rule out thyroid cancer as well. Yep. Usually, my brother told me, if you had to have a cancer, you'd probably want thyroid cancer because it's 99% curable by taking it out. Um, but you have to make sure, you know, mm. but 
anyway. Um, All right. Thank you for that, Elena. Let's get to uh, Meditation Universe. Doctor, I'm a 60-year-old male, and lately I'm having balance issues to the point where I almost fall over. Also, walking a straight line is difficult at times. Any suggestions on supplements? And let's see if I there's a continuation there. If not, we I think we can work with that uh, meditation universe. Um, uh, it seems this is a balance question. I, I know this is like um, I'll never forget. You know, as uh, as granddad aged, you know he would walk a certain way. You remember how he used to walk with his hands behind his back? Um, yeah, that was posture related. Was that posture? Uh, but yeah, but that was to help the balance. You're right. Um, one thing I will tell you, any 60-year-old person needs to be able to learn how to get up off the floor without using your arms. Um, I'm going to do a demo on that sometime. Uh, You'd be surprised how many people can't do it. Yeah, honestly, um, like when I, I, when I think about it, I think I'd have a tough time doing it. I, I need to... No, you could, you could do it easily. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people can't do that. So I think working on it, I can even show you a really simple way of using one arm, but I prefer you learn how to do it um, without your hands. And, quick, and I'll, quick I'll, I'll demonstrate a technique technique on how to do that. Um, you, you have to have some hip and knee flexibility strength, but uh, there is a way to do it. And you need to work on your balance as you get older for sure. Stand on one leg, stand on the other but it sounds like to me, you know, you need that worked up because you shouldn't have a problem walking a straight line. Um, you may have inner ear difficulties. You may have a neuropathy. Um, but I, I certainly think you need to get that checked out. You know, you could have benign positional vertigo. You could have Meniere's disease. Usually that's associated with dizziness, loss of hearing, and ringing in the ears, tinnitus. But that's something I hope you get worked out. I, if that was me, I'd probably have my head scanned as well. I'd get an MRI of my brain um, just to make sure there's nothing else going on. Um, and then if that's normal, which hopefully it will be, then you may see if it's benign positional vertigo. There are these little um, epley maneuvers you can do to straighten that out. So you may have some little crystals falling off in your inner ear that's uh, – making your uh, balance awkward. You could have an orthopedic problem yep. that's causing some of that. You could be having a visual problem. Um, as far as supplements and all, um, you know, I always like the B vitamins, but I'd rather find out why you have that because that's, that's not really kind of normal. Um, so I don't know if it's an orthopedic problem. I don't know if it's a head problem, an ear problem or, or what, but, it certainly deserves a workup. You may have a peripheral neuropathy. You know, proprioception is something we talk about that's very important. That's your connectedness to the earth. And that I think people lose some of their proprioception. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you can't feel it. You know, most people can feel it through their toes when they're off balance and immediately they correct it. Um, it's just an automatic type thing. But when you lose that proprioception, then you're going to fall. And you don't want to fall. Yep. Um, that's one of the worst things that can happen to you as you get older is falling. And I warned a patient today about this. He had fallen. And uh, it was reminding me of uh, when uh, my niece was in the Shepherd Center in Atlanta for months at getting, you know, getting over a traumatic head injury from a car accident. And uh, the nurse, and that's a world famous place for head injuries, spinal injuries. And she asked my brother a question one night. He spent months down there with her. Uh, you know, why do you think most people are in here? And he didn't know. And she goes, ladders. Really? She said, ladders. Wow. I had a guy today who talked about falling off a ladder. So be careful on ladders. I'm telling you. That's interesting. Um, I would not would not have thought, thought about that. There's two things I tell people to avoid hand injuries. Stay off of ladders 
And when you're driving into an intersection, look left, right, and then left again. Yeah. You got to look left again. Um, real quick, um, just because I know how big of a deal, you know, balance is, especially as we, uh, age, is there anything that, that you do in your exercise routine, uh, anything that, that you kind of are, uh, maybe, uh, what's the word preventatively working on your balance, anything that people can yeah. do? Uh-huh. What, what, what yeah. I stand on one leg, stand on the other. I do step ups very slowly. You can, you Dr. Atia gives a good demonstration on how to do a proper step up. So controlled stepping up and stepping down, you know, kind of, you need to work on your core, uh, because that's so important. You need to work on your flexibility, but I actually do some balance exercises. Um, uh, come see Ernie, Ernie Dixon's helped me out tremendously with working on balance and he works with patients every day on this. Very important. I put this up from Ann on Facebook. I honestly, that would be kind of tough. Stand on one foot while brushing teeth would be, uh, would be a challenge. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, maybe with your other hand, your non-dominant hand. Yeah. Uh, I think that helps like eat with your left hand if you're right-handed sometimes. Yeah. And that's a great, a great comment. And, you know, and, uh, just great idea. Um, and close, then close your eyes and see how tough that is. Man, that, that that's throws tough. in a whole other layer. I've done some, uh, some exercise stuff where I think it's like you're on a balance board and, you know, originally you're, you're with your, you know, eyes open and you're, you're fine. And then like you close your eyes and it, <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough. You've worked with visual visualization, you know, tracking your eyes really helps a lot. I have a bochi ball in my gym that I'll stand on one foot. It's tough, you know, but it's really helps your balance. I'll do push-ups on that bochi ball. I'll just stand on it. Then I have a mini trampoline I'll get on to. Yeah, yeah. yeah which also helps lymphatic drainage. You're but, talking about um, the half moon. The half moon. Half moon bochi ball. I think that's what it's called. Um, um, and and we'll kind of uh, we'll get to another question here shortly. But you know, be careful with all these all these uh, suggestions we're making. Uh, make like have a workout buddy, somebody with you, because um, you know you don't you don't want to fall like like Doc is saying. Um, but those, those are great balance is such a big issue and, um, uh, meditation universe. Thank you so much for, uh, for, you know, putting in that question and, um, and cause you know, something that, you know, everybody deals with, uh, you know, at one point. So, uh, let's get to, I want to get to Caitlin's question here. Um, let's see here. Uh, have you heard about how thiamine, uh, gosh, I don't know why it's hard for me to pronounce thiamine, 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 thiamine. thiamine. Thiamine, vitamin B1, can be a contributing factor to many chronic conditions. It can. If so, what do you think about? Yeah, the the best form of it, too, is supplements. Benfotamine is the best, most absorbable um, way to get that. But, yeah, I mean, it's really important. You know, you think about it in alcoholics. Think about Wernicke's encephalopathy, things like that. neuropathies. That's why I suggest a complete B complex vitamin to most of my patients um, that has B1, B2, all the way through B12. Um, But very important. Thiamin is really important. And it's probably important for balance. You know, it's really for cognitive function. Um, It gets depleted, um, especially with alcoholism. Um, first thing you do if you somebody's detoxing going into DTs is give them a shot of thiamine. Mm, yep. Um, but uh, yeah, really important for cognition, and it probably causes a host of things we don't even know about when you're deficient in that. Um, so certainly one of those. It's in my B complex for sure. All right, Caitlin. I hope that helps. Uh, thank you for putting that question in there. Let's get to. Um... I think we did a podcast on thiamine one time maybe actually, not i need to do one um i'll look back and see if i haven't done one i need to do one on, uh, on thiamine i think i did one on benfotamine one time yeah really I, think just you, I, think years you, ago. I think you did i'll look that up on our website if um uh caitlin if you want to um either go to our website performancemedicine.net or the youtube channel and search for uh vitamin b um and something will come up because i know we've talked about vitamin 
B, uh, but there's a lot of vitamin Bs, and I'm not sure if we focused on uh, on B B1. Um, let's get to uh, job for nine here over on uh, YouTube. Uh, what are the doctor's thoughts about taking methylene blue daily? Yeah, I take it most days. I like methylene blue. Um, you know, it's pharmaceutical grade. It's inexpensive. Um, I think it helps, you know, cognitive function. I think it helps energy. I think it helps you breathe better. Um, certainly, we use it a lot on long COVID patients. Uh, definitely, you know, it's like night and day for a lot of people. We were we were driving to the beach about a month ago, and we were tired, you know, about to fall. You know how you get drowsy when you're driving, and both of us were drowsy, so we thought, we're going to have to pull over here because we're run off the road. So I had some methylene blue, and we both put eight drops in a glass of water and drank, and it was like taking Adderall or something, you know, it really made you more alert. So, um, yeah, I think ever yeah, I, I like methylene blue. So uh, I, I know, you, so as far as daily use, you're totally cool with it? I'm fine with it. You know, there's been a lot of people think, well, you can't take it if you're taking an SSRI or you, you haven't had a G6PD drawn. Not really, you know, unless you're taking huge doses of it for different reasons, uh, like Alzheimer's or things like that. But, you know, it's safe. It's been around for 100 years. And, uh, you know, 100 years ago, they didn't even know what a G6PD was. So, or an SSRI. So, um yeah, I think it's safe. I really do. Uh, hope that helps job for nine on YouTube. Um, yeah, super interesting. I feel like in, in our household, um, for those who don't know that, uh, doc is my dad as well. And, uh, uh, I, I feel like we've gone from, you know, middle of the afternoon, kind of hitting a drag from going like, I need a coffee to, you know, where's the methylene blue. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Do not let your dogs get into the methylene blue. Bad news. Bad news. Yeah. If your dogs dig into the package of methylene blue that's been sent to your house, um, that's not a good thing. Is it is a popular uh, it won't kill your dog? It's just it's just so hard to get out. <laughs> I wish we had a picture of my. In other words, two of our two dogs got into. The there package. they are. There they it are. Came. Yeah. See, they it's on their mouth, their paws, and that that stuff does not come out. Uh, job Be for nine, it like stains everything. <laughs> Look at those feet. Y'all see those paws? Uh, <laughs> you should see our rug and our hardwood floors. Uh, if there's Ruined. anyone, if there's <laughs> anyone who doesn't need, uh, an energy boost, I'm thinking it's Izzy and Ike. Uh, yeah, they don't need it. <laughs> I think maybe you and me need the, the energy from methylene blue, but Ike and Izzy, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're totally <laughs> okay without the methylene blue. Methylene blue helps mitochondrial respiration. That's kind of how it works. It has a lot to do with the electron transport chain, a lot of detailed biochemistry, but it's safe. It works. Um, turns your tongue blue, too, for a while. And turn the pee blue. Um, I, I'll tell you, Lisa, this is not a dumb question because because uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer at all, And uh, but I know Doc does, so I'm going to put it in here, but definitely not a dumb question. There are no dumb questions uh, on the Performance Medicine Show. Uh, the question is, if you have had a total thyroidectomy and a partial parathyroidectomy, does that make me hyperthyroid or hypothyroid? Probably none, you know, okay. because you still have both. You still, it sounds like you still have your thyroid and at least one of your parathyroids. So you'll know by the blood work if your calcium levels are normal, parathyroid levels normal, thyroid function tests are normal, then you probably, what's we call euthyroid. EU thyroid, which means you're balanced, but you'd be more likely to be hypo over hyper. Mm. Um, that's, that's a good question. That's a great question, Lisa. Thank you for putting that in there. Um, let's see. Let's go to Allison. Um, can you tell me about drink thickeners for patients that have trouble swallowing and need to protect their lungs? Are the thickeners prescriptions? Do you have one you prefer? Do you need to be careful in using these? Um, so, um, I, I don't know what a drink thickener is. I, I have heard about, you know, when patients have trouble swallowing. Uh, what's your what's your take on this? You know, Allison, that's a great question, and I don't have a favorite. Um, but the person to answer that question, and I'll I'll find out because um, 
our my niece is in uh oh yeah speech therapy yeah. school at ut she had getting her master's at ut in this so i'll ask her but yeah they you know it just kind of prevents you from aspirating you know if you're having swallowing difficulties which is what a lot of the speech therapists work on so you know for example if you had a stroke or something and you can't you know the muscles that you swallow with are off it it predisposes you to get an aspiration pneumonia so there are thickeners i you know it's been so long since i've prescribed one um that i don't know but i'll find out for you and we'll get a good answer for you on that um it, great question but they are prescription um, um I, I think you can probably even get them over the counter okay. but i'll find out okay. i'll find that out uh, more to come on that, Allison. We will uh, do some uh, digging with, with Ruthie uh, and uh, get the answer here for you. Thank you for putting that in there. Uh, interesting question. These are such great questions tonight, guys. I'm just going to go ahead and we say. Got some good questions tonight. This y'all, is one of the best nights. Y- y'all, y'all get a 10. Uh, y'all absolutely get a 10. And I'm going to uh, put this up from job for nine um, uh, because, you know, he, this combo is, uh, I, I know, one that you're a fan mm-hmm. of as well. Uh, using methylene yeah. blue with red light therapy. Uh, that's quite the combo, quite the combo. Yeah. I get, I get my infrared sauna with my red light therapy most every day. Um, and I'm going to put this up from Jack. Um, cause I'm wondering where, where are the, pups? Yeah, let's bring the, is it about, <laughs> is it about time? It's uh, about we'll have Jenny bring the pups down here. Everybody wants to see the pups. I believe it's, but that I didn't time. get guitar questions tonight. I like the guitar questions the best. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, my girlfriend, Amanda is also a speech therapist and she just texted me. Uh, oh, wow. Saying, yeah. What does she have a preference? Saying that they're not prescription. So they aren't prescription. Um, and does she have a favorite. Uh, I'll wait for uh, Amanda. If you have a favorite, uh, let us know if you have a favorite drink thickener. Um, until we get that answer, let's, let's get, we, we have a couple questions coming. If you have a question for doc, go ahead and put it in. We're going to go do a little rapid fire. Um, Tammy here on Facebook is saying, if you have a MTHFR, uh, mutation, what is the best, uh, B vitamin? Great question. I have two copies of the bad MTHFR mutation as well as six, seven, seven TT, uh, homozygous, uh, mutations, meaning, um, it's kind of complex. I think it took me two years to understand the that uh, methylation gene. It has a lot to do with the cycling of methionine and homocysteine and back and forth. But um, usually if you have one of the mutations or certainly both of them, you're going to have a high homocysteine level. You can't clear it. And homocysteine is an inflammatory amino acid that you don't want high uh, because it predisposes you to blood clots, heart disease, miscarriages, all, all the things that increases your risk. So that's a great question. I had, I had an example of this today. So what you need is the methylated uh, form of the B vitamins. Um, and certainly that's one I always recommend. Anyway, whether you have an MTHFR uh, mutation or not, um, then you need the methyl, like methyl B12, methylcobalamin, not cyanocobalamin. I had a guy today brought his in and he'd been taking B12 sublingual, which is the correct way to do that one. And, you know, I looked at it. He said, is this good? And I looked at it. It was cyanocobalamin. Mm. So, no, it wasn't good. And also it was folic acid. So people that have a mutation have a hard time turning folic acid into methylfolate, the active form of, of vitamin B9 which is so important for cognition, brain function, neurofunction in general. So um, just make sure it's methylated. Mm. Um, and there's some other ways to bring down a high homocysteine level as well, like trimethylglycine is one I take because my levels tend to creep up. But doing these, I've been able to keep them down. Avoid folic acid uh, and a, because that's actually bad for you. Um, you think you're getting folate, you're getting folic acid. If you can't uh, methylate it, it gets toxic. So use the methylated versions of uh, your B vitamins. And real quick, Tammy, um, if you search for MTHFR on our YouTube channel, this explained this episode uh, goes into detail um, on this mutation. 
Um, so I, I would highly me- recommend checking out that episode that Robin did. Uh, dives a bit deeper, but uh, great question. She does a great job on that. Great question there. Thank you for putting that in. And I did get... Uh, and by the way, the, the MTHFR gene mutation uh, is on every Cleveland that I do because I want to know that number. Yep. I mean, if you have a high homocysteine level, it's about as important as if you have a high cholesterol level. So you need to look at that as well to reduce your risk factors for heart disease. Uh, thank you, Tammy, for that. And uh, for Allison here, Amanda is saying she, because she does uh, mostly peds, uh, friends in the adult worlds uh, like Simply Thick uh, as a uh, thickener. Um, mm-hmm. So Simply Thick is the one uh, thank you. that Amanda is saying. So thank you for uh, texting me that, Amanda. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Rachel. I, I love this question because um, I know... Uh, gosh, uh, we, we've had a, a lot of our team is, you know, they've come from, you know, working nights in, you know, in hospitals and, you know, we, I know you work a lot with shift work syndrome as well, just with, you know, lots of different jobs require, um, you know, kind of, you know, different hours. Uh, so, uh, the question is what is recommended for shift work syndrome specifically for a 40 year old man? Yeah. For one thing, get, get all the the uh, blood work done. I see a lot of guys with shift, shift work syndrome that have low T, low testosterone, and they get their sleep cycles all screwed up. They end up with low T. Um, so definitely check that as well as just a Cleveland panel for looking at it all. But um, it's tough. You know, sometimes I use melatonin to get them back into a sleep pattern. But my favorite thing to use is a prescription medicine if it really is causing a problem and for use as needed and it's provigil yeah generic modenafil um, which is a, a wonderful medicine for the right person it's really uh for daytime sleepiness is for shift worker syndrome um you'll find a lot of your jet pilots will use it before a mission because it just it just really helps you to focus and stay awake. I've tried it studying for boards and that and really is good. Um, you know, so it's, and now that's generic, it's not expensive. Um, it used to be just prohibitively expensive, but nowadays you can get generic, um, and shop around if you're going to get it. It's a prescription medicine, of course. Um, I equate it to drinking a whole pot of coffee without the side effects is the way I look at it. Matter of fact, I treat a lot of ADD patients with it. You know, it works good for that too. Um, And it's not a class two, it's a class four drug. Uh, So they're not so strict on it. I had a guy the other day that drove all the way up from Knoxville to see me for narcolepsy. Yeah. That and shift workers syndrome are the two indications for it. And, um, he had an obvious case of narcolepsy detected through a sleep study and just listening to him. He'd fall asleep while he's talking to you. But in any event, so I prescribed Modenafil to him, and he goes to the CVS in Knoxville to get it filled, calls me back that afternoon and says, I can't take this medicine. It's $750 a month. And I go, for the generic? And he was right there. Yeah, the generic at CVS was $750. So I said, hang on one second. So um, I had my nurse look it up on uh, GoodRx. They can get it at Food City for $35. That's how transparent our, our medical system is with pricing. I'll, I'll 35 never... a month, you know, for a month's worth versus $750. So always, if you get if you get something like that, I always question it. Yeah, you talk a lot about shopping around for, for medications. I cannot understand uh the you know how do you go from 750 to 35 and i i'm gonna put this up from katie because this is like this is like your favorite drug story because it's it's, i do like it yeah because it does you know i i think uh it it says a whole lot you know in in like five sentences you know you can learn a lot about the healthcare system and um and also just you know how we look at things and I, I think the way we do things at performance medicine and the performance medicine show is, you know, where, you know, this is a, a thing we need to shop around. We need to be smart about how, you know, we use our healthcare dollars. Um, so it's really interesting. Uh, Rachel, thank you for that question because, 
um, you know, this is something that, you know, affects a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, anything you want to add on that doc? No, you know, I've got a bunch of stories like that, that I love telling these patient experience stories without using names, of course, but, uh, just, yeah, the, the craziness of it all, as far as no transparency in, uh, medicine, like Dr. Atia, who I, I follow, He's great with He's longevity. Awesome. He's a Stanford John Hopkins uh, surgeon and turned functional medicine doctor, longevity expert. He just wrote the book Outlive. He's been on Oprah. He has a series with Chris Hemsworth. It's really good. But um, he he got on there the other day last week and said he was riffing on the same thing I always riff on and his 10 year old son got sick and he was in San Diego at the time. So he had to, uh, he just thought he was dehydrated and he didn't want to treat him as is smart not to treat your own family. But so he takes him to the ER and sure enough, it was just dehydration. So he got a, a liter of normal saline and they ran an electrolyte, a CMP blood test on him, which was normal. So in two hours he was out of there. You know, he was better. So he was just dehydrated. And but he, then he a few days later he gets a bill from the hospital for ten thousand oh, dollars for that. And so no, maybe it was eight thousand. It was some ridiculous amount. Maybe it was eight thousand. And something close to that. But anyway, so his insurance paid four thousand. So he was just left with a twenty five hundred dollar bill for that. And you know, he was kind of deciphering it because he studies things. He looks deep into things. And uh, there was a miscellaneous charge for $2,000. Nobody knew what that was for. Um, and for the the CMP, that blood test, which we we charged $23 for that in our office. They charged him $2,000 for it. And then, for the for, so we charged $23,000. $2, then for the liter of saline, I think it was around... $1,800 or more for a liter of saline, something we do for, I think, $125 in our office all the time. So that's why I run a cash practice and don't fool with insurances because you're going to get ripped off. And then you have to pay your, you know, well, it didn't cover you think you're getting a bargain. Well, you still got ripped off majorly. So transparency in medicine is something I, I get pretty excited about. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what's so interesting is, um, you know, somebody goes in uh, to an office at a traditional type, you know, clinic, and and then what people don't realize is there's this, you know, interaction between uh, that office and your insurance company over the course of days, I'm sure, to figure out what to charge you, what the office gets, what the insurance company, like it's, it's, it's crazy how much, um, how, how many things are happening <laughs> that have nothing to do with that patient. No, nobody knows what it's going to cost. Nobody. <laughs> and, and Even the people that are charging it, that, you know, the insurance companies don't know. The executives don't know. The doctors don't know. The front office doesn't know. You know, they don't have a clue. And then if you have a high deductible, you're going to get ripped off. You know, you're probably never going to meet that deductible anyway, hopefully. And so that's why 18 years ago, I went, I decided I'm just going to do cash practice. And now we have a cash only urgent care center in Kingsport. That's been great. Yep. You know, because people just won't, you know, you don't have a lot of incentive to run unnecessary tests to bump the bill up. But uh, that's another matter. We're not here to talk about economics. <laughs> I, I, I love the topic. Um, and I, I'm going to put this up from Gator Hater because I got this wrong. So Gator Hater is a Florida State. Uh, that's what it is. Because go Knowles. It's not uh, uh, go Tigers. Uh, so yes, it, it, I agree with you as a as a Vol. Uh, anytime uh, uh, the Gators lose is a is a is a good day. I want to get to a couple more. Um, Butch is asking, can you spell that drug? I believe you're talking about Provigil. Provigil. Um, yeah, P R O V I G I L. That's the brand name. Uh, it, the generic? It, what, what is Medinophil. 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 Is the is the um, M O D I N I F I L. 
All right. Hope that helps. Butch, let's get to. Yeah, you'll want to go with the generic on that one. Um, I believe we do. Um, do you carry the methylated B complex yeah, uh -huh. in the office? Yeah. All our Bs are methylated. Uh, so any, any, that, any B in one of our offices yeah, will be They're all methylated. methylated. All right. Thank you for that, Cindy. Uh, all right, uh, Katie, thank you. I, you know, my hair was, was a, was, you know, a cause of a little anxiety before the, before the show. It was a, it was a mess. Um, but you know, as we got through the show, you know, you get in the flow. Um, <laughs> but thank you. Um, all right. Uh, I don't, are we seeing the the dogs tonight? We seen the pups? I don't know where the pups are. I hope they will come down. They but, might um, be, they might be playing. Um, uh, if not, that's okay. They'll be on, uh, the show next week. We'll see, uh, not so little Izzy and, uh, big Ike, <laughs> but how do you think we did like overall? I thought this was a good one. I, like, I enjoyed it. Honestly, I think you did good. You this did was, good. this was one of our better shows. Um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because these questions were incredible. Uh, gosh, you guys came up with just incredible questions i love the insurance stuff um because you know i know that's a it's a big passion of yours it's a big um kind of uh what do you call it uh bedrock of performance medicine uh cindy saying we got a 10 thank you uh cherry saying a 10 a gator hater saying 10s uh fabian from texas thank okay, you the, are they coming i think the dogs are coming down we're gonna be able to see the dogs all right guys stick you around missed it stick come around here. come here come here Y'all about oh, me. Here's my little girl. There's my little Izzy. Look at that. Little Izzy. Some people some people think she's my favorite, but <laughs> I really don't have favorites. But she is cute. Uh she's a cutie. Hi, Izzy. And then, then Ike. See, she loves me too. And <laughs> Ike. Come on here. Come here, Ike. Come on. Come on. He's a little more camera shy. Ike, Ike? is. I hey, think Ike, come here. I think Ike. But Ike was the original. He was original. He's so big, I can't even lift him anymore. But here Ike is. Ike feels a little bit in Izzy's shadow, I think. I, th I think he's like, I, yeah. I don't want to be in Izzy's shadow. <laughs> Ike, you're still cute. They're both sweet. You're, you're a cute dog. Um, you know, I love this from Margaret. Good show. Enjoyed it. The variety of topics was really, really good. Really, really oh, good. Cute. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, guys, Barbara, thank you. Uh, Linda, there you go. Now it's a 10. It was, it was an eight before the dogs. It was a 10. Yeah, it was now. an eight before the dogs came on. <laughs> uh, guys, I love you. Um, we're out. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to get this for Cindy real quick. I believe it is methylated. The life essential bioactive complete B. That should be methylated. Yes, that uh, is methylated. Cool. Um, all right, guys, we are out. Uh, huge thanks. Uh, thank you for the for the dogs for closing us out. Thank you guys uh, for all the wonderful questions in the in the live comments. Uh, as you guys know, we are back every single Tuesday. We'll be here Tuesday at 7 p.m. to answer your health and wellness questions. Uh, and yes, Bush, that's right, Modenafil. That's how you spell it. That's it. That's the generic uh, provigil. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you to our team. Katie, thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone um, that's inside of the room. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.